Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Motion pictures. Quite simply, a series of pictures in motion. Flickering light and dark still images projected in sequence to breathe life into a scene. To connect the emotions of art in a way that feels more real, more tangible, and more alive than could be accomplished with a singular image frozen in time. This motion of pictures has kept audiences enchanted for more than a century. However, just before the turn of the millennium, Film audiences were wowed by an unexpected return to film roots. Moments frozen in time. But these were no ordinary still frames. These frozen moments moved. Just not in the same, you know, sense of time, but space. And soon became a marvel of cinovation. Talking movies every week. by Jeff and Corey. Ah, 1999. The year Woodstock changed from flower power to dumpster fire. The year a young boy told us he could see dead people. And the year that Jason Biggs pie-fucked his way into the hearts of the American people. Life was simple back then. Carefree. It could be because everyone thought by the end of the year Y2K would collapse the world's infrastructure. Yep. The good old days. In the spring of that year, something happened in cinemas that lit the movie world on fire. Baby geniuses? Uh, no. Hmm. Wait, 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 wait. I, I know this one. Let's see. Set it on fire, fire, fire. Ooh, ooh, it's got to be the heat coming off the scenes between Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise in Stanley Kubrick's classic Eyes Wide Shut. Wrong again, Corey. Damn it. On March 31st, a sci-fi action film starring the guy from Speed introduced much of the film-going world to the time-stop visual effect of bullet time. The visual spectacle of a camera moving around a nearly frozen Keanu Reeves quickly cemented The Matrix as a new classic and made it the fourth highest grossing film of that year. I mean, a Keanu Reeves movie. Right? Right? The movie's rich world-building, along with a captivating cautionary tale that reflected the perils of our own growing relationship with technology, would spawn multiple sequels and create a new lingering dread that the real world we all know and live in might just be a complex computer simulation. But how about that bullet time, am I right? <laughs> it wasn't just slow motion shot. It wasn't just a still frame like the end of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It was a suspended moment in time that the audience moved around in. The visual effect of moving through a singular moment of time and space 
was achieved using a curved array of cameras that captured still images in millisecond succession around the actors. This visual spectacle was enhanced further with the addition of computer-generated bullets that had trails of disrupted air as they floated past Keanu's whoa, evasive posture. The addition of those CG projectiles helped coin the term bullet time. But while many moviegoers were first introduced to this feat of cinevation, with The Matrix, the movie's directors, the Wachowskis, were far from the first to use this technique. The first practical use of an array of cameras to capture images in motion dates back to before movies, or even motion picture cameras were even invented. Ooh, I know this one, I know this one, I know this one. Yes? Does this one involve a horse? It does. Yeah! Spoilers though, Jeff, let's get to the- Sorry, man. It's not like I'm talking about Bachelor Party and the issue they had with a horse. That was a donkey. Tom Hanks did a movie about drugging a dead donkey? Yeah. This yeah. isn't a very alive horse. So this doesn't involve dressing up a dead donkey like a mascot? We'll get to that. Okay. Back to the show. Enter Edward Maybridge, a noted scientist and pioneer of the photographic technique called chronophotography. Chronophotography is a technique mainly aimed at the scientific study of a locomotion, mainly in animals and for artistic reference. It is defined as a set of photographs of a moving object taken for the purpose of recording and exhibiting successive phases of motion. And for switches out there, apparently our old-timey voice is Sean Connery. Less, it's a less, <laughs> a less Scottish Sean Connery than Sean Connery. <laughs> Which is so to it's say, Sean Connery in uh, Hunt for October. Hunt <laughs> for October. Yeah, it's Sean Connery doing an anti-accent. Yes. <laughs> Moving on. The most significant use of this technique came on June 15th, 1878. Is that date right? 1878? Yep. 1878. Shit, that's really, really long time ago. Yeah. When Mui Bridge... Mui Bridge? My Bridge? My Bridge? My Bridge? My Bridge. Let's go My Bridge. Oh captured images of a galloping horse in his famous chronophotographic set, The Horse in Motion. Quite original, that title. Yes. <laughs> he used 12 cameras triggered by a tripwire along the track on the grounds of current-day Stanford University. At the time, the land was owned by Leland Stanford, who was a former governor of California, racehorse owner and financier of the photo shoot. His involvement and funding inadvertently made him the first movie producer. Interesting also to note, the horse in motion would change how the world viewed the way horses moved. Not only was it a foundation of cinematic history, but Mybridge's images were significant equine scientific discovery. Tell us why, Corey. Those 12 photos changed the way the world would come to understand and depict horses in stride. Prior to the horse in motion, Horses in full stride were depicted with front legs extended forward and back legs extended backwards with the horse in midair. After Edward's chronophotography set of the Stanford horse, the world was finally able to see just how the mechanics of a horse's gait actually worked. By the 8th of July, the horse in motion was shown on an early projector called the Magic Lantern at the San Francisco Art Association. The news of Edward's instantaneous photography soon spread around the world. 
To show his instantaneous photography, Muybridge invented a spinning disc with still images that allowed for the viewing of images in motion. Edward called this early rudimentary projector the Zoo Praxiscope. I know, folks. Copyright that catchy name. Yeah, make sure to focus group that one. This marked an incredible leap forward in moving picture technology and inspired the likes of Thomas Edison and others to invent single camera systems that could capture motion. The concept of motion pictures was born. Following MyBridge's breakthrough images, single motion picture cameras and the stories they could tell grew in popularity. The concept of capturing motion with multiple cameras seemed an antiquated process of the past. While his chronophotography techniques faded with time, his motion studies and those of his contemporaries would still carry creative weight. With the visual breakdowns of motion and subjects in multiple simultaneous views, artists were now rich with more realistic reference of movement and dimension. This expansive reference material, along with a new technique called rotoscoping, led to more accurate study in movement in animation. By the 1960s, a boom in animation from Japan showed an incredible amount of precision of movement. In 1966, the animated show Speed Racer would come full circle and depict movement around its main character and mimic some of the chronophotography studies from nearly a century before. In one particularly spectacular sequence, a viewer is whisked around Speed Racer who is frozen mid-jump a suspended moment in time in which the audience moved around him. That moment would be a huge inspiration for the Wachowski's use of the bullet time technique in The Matrix. In 1980, an experimental filmmaker named Tim McMillan would pick up the chronophotography technique during his time studying at the Bath Academy of Art in England. In the 1990s, he refined the technique of his curved time slice motion picture array cameras when he replaced his original 16mm pinhole cameras with more modern still cameras. By 1997, he would create a production company utilizing the technique named Time Slice Films. In 1985, a music video for the song Midnight Mover by the German heavy metal band Accept became the first of its kind to use the Time Slice camera technique. In the video, the curved array of cameras captures the band in mid-performance it comes as no surprise that the new short-form filmmaking medium of music videos in the 1980s would serve as a breeding ground for experimental techniques and standalone themes of visual effects. 100 years after Edward Muybridge's multi-camera time-stopping breakthrough, a boom of short-form filmmakers would turn his technique into an exciting visual effect that would wow TV viewers and excite music fans in the same way as those early audiences at the dawn of motion pictures. By the 90s, visionary filmmaker Michel Gondry and a French computer effects company, Boof, would implement the time slice cameras in addition to a new computer-based morphing technology for the Rolling Stones video, Like a Rolling Stone. From there, the technique really found its new, more mainstream life. Time slice camera shots were popping up in commercials for alcohol and mall fashion stores. It was featured in the 1998 feature film Lost in Space and in Vincent Gallo's film Buffalo 66. By the time the effect appears in The Matrix, 
it was already fairly established as a visual tool for filmmakers. But why then do we so closely associate the technique with that film? The answer may be found in two parts. One is the inclusion of CGI bullets within the scene. Those projectiles add a new layer of drama and visual effects to the film. But more importantly is the second reason. The inclusion of the bullet time technique in the Matrix movie is not just a visual effects showpiece. It isn't just put in place to wow the audience. <laughs> Though it does do that, you know what I mean? The moment the film takes a time-stopping turn, the effect marks a shift in Reeves' character, Neo. The filmmakers take great care in elevating and progressing the story using the visual effect. In that moment, this technique ceases to just be a visual effect. It is an emotional extension of the world the Wachowskis have created. And that is why the importance and ownership of bullet time feels connected to the Matrix. Sometimes it's not enough to just invent a new technology or technique. The way that technology is used matters greatly. We salute all of the film pioneers from Mybridge to Gondry to the Wachowskis for continuing the legacy of capturing simultaneous imagery. And though it took a little more than a century to solidify itself as a poignant piece of storytelling, we can't deny its place in film history as a great Sinovation! Talking movies every week! Talking movies every week! Sinovation! 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 Hosted by Jeff and Corey. There is no spoon. <laughs> there is no horse. Thank you for listening to Switch the Envelope Presents Sinovations. If you liked what you heard, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. More importantly, tell a friend. And if you feel so inclined, hit us up on our Instagram at switchtheenvelope or on our Twitter at switchenvelope. Of course, you can always go to switchtheenvelope.com for all your Switch the Envelope needs. Thanks, Switches. Yeah, that's all for now, Switches. Go see a Matrix movie, and we'll see you later, Switches. Later, Switches. Cinovations is written and produced by Jeff and Corey. All episodes of Switch the Envelope are mixed and mastered at Studio 85. Cinovations and Switch the Envelope are a Riff Laugh production.